0: If you want to talk big downturns, I'll give you big downturns. You go to market players which are fundamentally flawed and you will get big downturns. And I've seen these downturns. I've lived through these downturns. I've invested through these downturns. And I'll I'll give you a history of some of them if you like because if you really want to be the bejeebus scared out of you, you go to a marketplace where you're chasing growth, which has no fundamentals. And that is not going to work out. Welcome to the Urban Property Investor. I'm your host, Sam Saggers, here to help you crack the code of real estate wealth. Today's show, a code cracker, downturn economics. It's a conversation. Real estate markets don't just go up. They also go down. Today, we're going to have that conversation because it's a big conversation. Uh, Potentially, we were all duped by the Reserve Bank. Yes, the four horsemen have done a number on many people today in society, and we're going to have a chat about that. Hey, if it's your first time tuning in to the show, welcome aboard. Make sure you play the show on double speed. Get your life back. And of course, all the episodes are lessons on real estate. And to my regular listeners, you urban property investor folk, welcome back to another riveting episode. We are going to talk about downturn economics because it is a massive, massive conversation. And of course, as I always teach, there are many economies inside the real estate marketplace. It is not all about traditional economics. We've got downturn economics, which we'll talk about. We've got bullshit economics whereby people lie to themselves and don't put themselves in a position to win, nor ask the right questions to actually play this game called real estate. We've got the fire economy, something I've talked about a lot, population economics and the Ponzi uh, scheme behind that. And of course, we've got the urban behavioral economy, something which I've lectured on actually over the years, which really links to the idea of spatial economics And today, we've got other economies which are emerging, the green economy, the knowledge economy, the gig economy, all of which impact the real estate marketplace. And of course, we live in a global world, and the global economy also does things to Australia. And of course, as a byproduct, often influences the real estate marketplace. I'll come back and give you my opinions on Australian economics when compared to the rest of the world. But today, we need to talk about market changes and what that actually means. And of course, probably one of the biggest economies I often refer to is the command-led economy. What is the command-led economy? The command-led economy is just the notion that real estate is actually not a free marketplace. It is very much policed there are four policemen, four horsemen, the government, the federal government, or and or the state governments. Uh, they influence the real estate market. They can create grants. They can push and pull the real estate market as much as they like. They can influence people to uptake debt, and they can uh, actually hold people back, right? It is a thing. The Reserve Bank, obviously in charge of the cash rate, And of recent times, uh, the governor there, Philip Lowe, has been putting up the cash rate like it's crazy. However, it's fair to say that he did go on record and say he wasn't going to put up the cash rate till 2024. So I tell you what, do we feel like we're being done over here? Are we, uh, you know, basically cannon fodder? for debt creation for the four horsemen and of course the other horsemen if you like the banks the major banks of australia influence uh how real estate works because of course property is just a game of houses and apartments on the other side of lending and of course the final horseman apra the australian prudential regulator of basically lending and when we go back Early, when it comes to history, we know that 2017, one of the horsemen was whipping everyone, APRA. They wouldn't uh, allow people to carry too much debt. And again, this commanded the economy to slow up and we actually went into a place of debt reduction. Now, it could be argued that APRA's decision back there has actually led us to a better place because fundamentally that command albeit annoying at the time which held back growth inside the real estate market created a nice layer of fundamentals people paid down debt lowered debt uh, particularly from a investment perspective and of course it meant that we look at debt a little bit differently from that point onwards however we did have a pandemic and as such the government of the day at a federal level spent a shitload of money. And at the same time as that government spending a shitload of money, the reserve bank dropped the cash rate to a 10th of 1%, basically making money worthless in the bank. Everyone then took their money and uh, because also, at a home loan rate, people weren't paying as much. They poured money into everything. They upgraded their houses. They bought new cars. They smashed out five new TVs in the house. They went for dinners they've never had before. Everyone went bananas. And, of course, with the Reserve Bank government, Governor at the time telling people he's not going to fiddle with the rates for a few more years and he's going to leave the rates the way they are till 2024 – That sent everyone crazy. So I tell you what, I don't know. Do you guys feel duped? Do you feel like we were uh, robbed, so to speak, uh, by the Reserve Bank, by one of the horsemen? I'll let you make the decision on that. But I tell you what, I am no longer listening to the governor of the Reserve Bank. I've decided I'm going to listen to Bubba Vanga. Yes. If you're not familiar with the cleric, Bubba Vanga, the great, uh, I guess, futurist, uh, the Nostradamus of Bulgaria. Well, Bubba Vanga's predictions are coming true. And I think we should all listen to Bubba Vanga, not Philip Lowe. Yes, that's my takeaway from the last couple of years in the real estate market. Bubba Vanga has predicted that the Earth's orbit is going to change by 2023. And guess what? happened to me yesterday i was looking at news.com and the world's orbit is changing yes there is no longer a 24-hour day isn't that crazy we only have 23 hours 59 minutes and 59 second days now the earth's orbit is changing and baba Vanga, the bulgarian futurist is correct so I think we can learn a lot from that. She's predicting so many different things. Uh, We need to study her work more than we do the four horsemen because they're just going to command us to do all sorts of things. But on a serious note, there are at times downturns when it comes to Australian real estate. What I love about being an urban property investor is downturns are very mild. And if anything, you should really just buy into the downturn rather than let it freak you out. Because if you buy in the right places, downturns are a great part of the real estate market to acquire assets. I know that sounds counterintuitive, but when I study Australian downturns, when it comes to real estate downturns, when it comes to our more urban places, our great fundamentally layered areas where there's lots of jobs, downturns are very mild. Uh, you know, even though the headline sort of says like, you know, Sydney is going to lose 5%, 10% in value, that's nothing. That stuff corrects itself in a weekend. That's one auction from a rebound. That's one auction whereby someone goes, you know, instead of 2 million, I'm paying 2.2. That's nothing. You've got to understand that the volatility index of real estate really can go up or down by 10% in our more fundamentally layered marketplaces. And that's just normal. Let it happen. If you want to talk big downturns, I'll give you big downturns you go to market players which are fundamentally flawed and you will get big downturns and i've seen these downturns i've lived through these downturns i've invested through these downturns and I'll, i'll give you a history of some of them if you like because if you really want to be the bejeebus scared out of you you go to a marketplace where you're chasing growth which has no fundamentals, and that is not going to work out. So what I love about property investment, it allows us to choose so many different marketplaces in Australia. But if we just stick to the basics, we're going to do very well. What are the basics? There are big cities where there's lots of jobs, even big regional cities where there's lots of jobs. That's where we invest. Even though we want growth, what we're actually investing in is fundamentals fundamentals matter in real estate. Let me give you some history lessons on Australian real estate. A lot of my listeners are new to Australia, new migrants, and of course, many millennials as well that, listen, probably haven't experienced downturns when it comes to the loss of real estate values. Now, I'm going to go back uh, to, let's say, 2007. 2008 the GFC hit by 2009 we were seeing downturns on Australian real estate there was a couple of layers to the downturns one of the biggest downturns which was unfolding was actually on the gold coast of Australia and Cairns tourism marketplaces and we saw a big drop in value like 35% loss of real estate value in those marketplaces there was a couple of reasons why one of the big reasons as to why the real estate market dropped so much in value was firstly supply at the time there was a lot of stock in particularly holiday market destinations noosa had a lot of stock the gold coast had a lot of stock Cairns had a lot of stock it was overstocked. There was an oversupply of real estate. There was a glut of too much real estate on the marketplace. And of course, at that particular time, it was an interesting paradigm because the Australian dollar was huge. It was like a dollar ten US. So people weren't going to Dreamworld. They were going for a dream holiday in Paris. They weren't... Uh, carving it up at wet and wild world they were cruising uh the great planet we have with a strong australian dollar and of course for many queensland marketplaces they are very much connected to one industry which is tourism and as such there were no tourists you had an oversupply of real estate and you all of a sudden had very weak economy and a very weak jobs marketplace. That led to the real estate market detracting in value and dropping away. Now, since then, the Gold Coast in particular has done a great job to never have that happen again. What they have done really, really well is reinvent themselves from a jobs perspective. They've got uh, lots of different industry. They also, in the Gold Coast, uh, have made sure that tourism can have direct links to overseas. So domestic tourism is obviously the Gold Coast's thing. It reinvented itself t- to create international tourists. Today, you can get a flight from Tokyo to uh, the Gold Coast, right, to uh, the Gold Coast Airport, to Coolangatta. Tokyo to coolangatta That sounds amazing, doesn't it? Um, so it's reinvented itself to be more diverse for when economic shocks happen. Uh, when it comes to the Gold Coast, obviously there are some pretty popular places. Would I help a friend or family member buy in the Gold Coast today? Absolutely, because it's learnt its lesson. I'd still be very particular about location and street and product type to buy in uh and obviously help a friend or family member you know uh, understand that marketplace because of recent times it's had some incredible growth obviously southeast queensland has done so well from a population movement point of view uh however when it comes to any marketplace we want to also invest in fundamentals no one invests in the gold coast they invest in a suburb and a street in the gold coast so however when it comes to the history of downturns there was a lot of lessons learned there Uh, we want to make sure that we're buying in a fundamentally layered marketplace and you would have thought even back then the gold coast had the right fundamentals But actually, digging deeper into it, at the time, it didn't. Oversupply. And, of course, uh, it had a challenge with attracting business. Now, when we think about volatility, do you think that, for example, Sydney is ever going to have an attraction issue? The truth of the matter is no. Is it ever going to have a single market economy? No. It's not a volatile market it may lose value but its volatility index is impressive same with melbourne it may of recent times lost people but that has just shown how impressive the market actually is because it can withstand people leaving its city and still do very very well from a volatility point of view There are many examples in Australian real estate of whereby people have left a place and the values of that place have just fallen away exponentially. You can go to, for example, places like Wyala inside of Adelaide. I mean, people left the city and property values have never recovered, never recovered. And when we talk about drops in value, we're not talking 5 or 10% of the market. Like that is one auction. That is one auction away from being back to in the surplus. We are talking losses and drops of 37, 47, 57%. I think the biggest loss I've seen in Australian real estate was a place that I labeled the crack cocaine epicenter. for property investors inside Australian real estate. It was a town called Murrumbah. It was basically in sort of middle Queensland. It's uh, connected to the coal marketplace. Uh, Murrumbah in its day was basically for property investors, this kind of absolute crack pipe. Uh, people would buy there, pay a million dollars for a house in a little town with about 10,000 full-time residents and they would get $2,000 a week in rent. Now, the place uh, has no, like, it is just basically a weird little town in inland Queensland, now, all of a sudden, what people were doing is going, you know what, I don't have to work anymore. I'm going to throw in my job. I'm going to buy five houses in Moorumba for a million dollars each because the rents are so high I can borrow more money because my servicing so good and I'm going to replace my income in one foul swoop. And lo and behold, so many people went and did this. Now, I was buying in mining towns... Way before this, I mean, you were picking up properties for, uh, I was buying properties for $110,000 of BHP. Uh, but as soon as they got over like $350,000, I was out. I was like, this is ridiculous. You can buy a better property in Brisbane and Melbourne and Sydney. Like, these fundamentals aren't there. At a risk level, would I punt hundred dollars inside some of these, uh, you know, riskier places? Absolutely. But would I, bet the house on it? No. And so, so many people got addicted to this thing. And uh, lo and behold, there was a crash and the market dropped 83%. Uh, Literally, a million dollar property became $150,000. Why? There was no fundamentals behind the marketplace. And when we studied the reasons as to why this went wrong, it came down to some simple logic, root activity. Families were not moving to these places. Now, at the time, there was some great population data for these type of regions. There was population insights as to these places doubling their population base. There was some reports by banks, um, hotspotting Uh, reports there was reports from uh, all sorts of um, uh, you know people out in the marketplace when it came to these type of places and they didn't prove to be accurate and the reason they didn't prove to be accurate even though the infrastructure boom which was unfolding was bringing people to those places those people left they didn't stay spatial transformation people moved they didn't resonate with those particular cities and as soon as for example things like uh, a better accommodation was created by the mining companies uh mining camps if you like all of a sudden the mining companies who were underwriting those leases for two thousand dollars a week finished off renting those properties for $2,000 a week. All of a sudden, what was the true local market? Nothing. All of a sudden, the person who paid a million dollars for a property had rents of $200 a week. And of course, that then spiraled to massive losses. And of course, this marketplace, the Murrumbah marketplace at the time, became a absolute train wreck when it came to property ownership and of course plummeted over 80 percent in value why there was no fundamentals and the biggest fundamental missing was families there was no families moving to these places and of course uh once that lesson was learned. Certainly, from a property investment point of view, I think we all need to understand that sometimes property investment is just about keeping things really, really simple. And I guess for a lot of the mining markets, uh, once the construction workers were moved to different camps and so forth, these townships just became, you know, bone dry from uh, a people point of view. And of course, um, they suffered a huge amount of loss. Now, again, when it comes to volatility, real estate carries a volatility index. It's not always going to go up. That's just ridiculous to think that. However, can you invest when real estate is going down? Of course you can. You just need to understand the difference between normal volatility and and really exa- exacerbated volatility off the back of a lack of property fundamentals. Now, there are certainly plenty of areas today where I would not be buying a property. I don't want to sound uh, you know, like a Pollyanna that uh, I just think everything's great about real estate. It couldn't be further from the truth. I think there are some real risky places, some really flighty places to own real estate today that uh certainly probably off the back of interest rate movements will get uh probably smashed. And would I be buying into those smash marketplaces? Uh no. I wouldn't even be buying them even if they were half the price today. Because the reality is they lack true fundamentals. When we study the great crashes of Australian uh, areas which have gone down in value, it was the lack of fundamentals which led to their demise. And of course, when property markets do demise and go down in value, there are lessons to be learned. Those lessons are what I want to share today. And of course, when you're negative equity on a property, in other words, you owe more than what you borrowed, uh, it's not a great feeling. It's not a great feeling. And it can happen inside of, again, Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, uh, good regional places, Geelong, Newcastle. I mean, these are all great places to own real estate. And if you buy and it goes backwards on you in the early few years, uh and the volatility of that is 5 or 10%, that is not the end of the world because that is just really just a, a normal market structure. Uh, even though the headline will be like, you know, Sydney property market down by 7% and it feels like, wow, that's massive, 7%. Uh, again, that's one auction away from just a rebound, right? So 80% is a crash. And we've had crashes inside Australian real estate cans, fucking crash, man. Like, I was up there buying real estate 40% below the valuation of the day. And again, like, um, you know, when I look at the fundamentals of even buying into that real estate, uh, I, you know, I got excited by the fact that things were cheap. But I still bought into a marketplace which, in my opinion, still today, lacks fundamentals. So don't chase market growth. Be predictive about growth. Here's what you need to really chase in real estate. And I've been saying this for two years, fundamentals. Now, over the last couple of years, there's been some great growth in many, many places. And certainly, many marketplaces have outperformed places with the best fundamentals but that doesn't make them better places to in to have invested in because just like murumba people chase growth and they got growth but then the fundamentals collapsed and those marketplaces became a nightmare uh again don't chase market growth be predictive about market growth be predictive about growth and i can explain what that means But Chase Fundamentals, and, you know, I'm uh, buying a property in Melbourne. Melbourne's had the lowest growth of all the major capital cities through the boom period of the pandemic. But it's got some of the best fundamentals. People were leaving that city, and the city still uh, is resilient. Isn't that amazing? Uh, You can see the fundamentals at work. Lots of jobs, diversity of economics. Uh, you've got diversity of industry. And again, despite losing residents, the marketplace during the pandemic went up in value. But what was more impressive was the fundamentals. The growth is one thing. The fundamentals are the other layer. And of course, uh, investing today, and today a lot of people have got to invest. That's just the reality of living in a capitalist country. Uh, If you're going to wait 10 years to invest, you're going to lose 10 years of your working life to create passive income. That makes no sense to me. So even if the market's going up, down or sideways, in my view, you need to just tick off one principle. Am I investing in market growth or fundamentals? And you want to be investing in fundamentals because when I've studied every single market downturn in Australian economics, it has been the lack of fundamentals which has created the biggest price drops. When there is a fundamental society underneath that layer, price drops are just pretty normal and they pretty much disappear pretty quickly. That's just the way it works. Real estate is, uh, again, a game of location. And this is where I think we need to understand location, location, location makes so much sense in a downturn. But in an upturn, an upswing, people forget this fundamental. And this, you know, putting aside the headlines, right? No one buys in Sydney. It just doesn't happen they buy in streets within suburbs within sydney that's how it works location 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 sydney uh, can be going down in value but the right street within the right suburb can be going up in value and again this is where we need to remove ourselves that real estate is not so broad that all things are linked to one singular headline and When we study the fundamentals, we also know that some of the biggest downturns is when there is a massive oversupply of real estate. So actually we're in an undersupply, right? There is no real estate. There is an absolute challenge going on right now when it comes to anyone living anywhere. We got people living in tents. I watch a guy on TikTok a school teacher who lives in his car because he cannot find somewhere to live. So uh, when it comes to, for example, the Gold Coast downturn back in the day in 2009, one of the big challenges was the glut of real estate that that market had. And again, uh, when you were buying into that glut, even though the downturn was there, you were getting price discounts, uh, all of a sudden – what was happening was there was a lot of churn. So don't be afraid to buy into an undersupplied marketplace. You know, uh, buy supply when supply is running out. Don't buy supply when supply is abundant. That's just the principle of real estate. So right now, there is no supply. So the theory of buying into no supply makes so much sense. So again, if you find a fundamental marketplace, you find uh, that inside that fundamental marketplace, you're looking within streets and streets within suburbs. And then you take on the logic. Well, is this marketplace abundant with stock or devoid of stock? You're going to absolutely have no major volatility on your acquisition decision. And again, it comes down to a few fundamental principles. Real estate is based on its building characteristics, its neighborhood characteristics, and its land characteristics. Even if it's an apartment, townhouse, villa, or house. That's just the way it works. So if we're going to chase property as an investment and we've got to deal with everything going on, which is surrounding us, we can either turn it off and just not be a property investor. But I don't think that's going to work out. And I think that's going to kick the can down the road and cause a problem for many people into the future. Because again, the decisions we make today are the lagging indicators for later in life. We are our own leading indicator. So Again, if you're going to be a property investor, just go back to the basics. Fundamentals first. Chase growth, but be predictive about growth. What does being predictive about growth actually mean? Buy supply when supply is running out. Choose the right street within the right suburb. Think about real estate from a building characteristic, a land characteristic, a neighborhood characteristic. And of course, are always considered the fundamentals. Now, you can go into my Forex growth plan, which I love, and it'll teach you this, right? Real estate, when it comes to growth, is about four dynamics. The deal, the location, the market, and all the market is, is fundamentals. That's it. Yes, the market can go up. Yes, the market can go down. But does it, is that market layered with fundamentals? Is that market layered with the right stuff? And then, of course, we can look at behavioral growth. And what that may be, for example, is a great third place. You might be looking at a property and across the road, it's a beautiful beach or a beautiful park or a beautiful wetland or a beautiful, uh, you know, little um, walking track or a cycleway. I mean, these are the things today that you look for from an urban perspective when it comes to chasing market growth, right? These are the predictive things you can be about. You cannot predict growth, but you can be predictive. This is what I'm talking about. Buying next to a park is predictive. Someone's going to like that. Someone's going to think that's cool into the future and pay more for the real estate than you do. Remember, volatility is linked to fundamentals. 5% 5% drop in values, 10% drop in values is just normal volatility. It can be fixed in an afternoon at auction. What's not normal volatility is a 50% drop in value. Where do 50% drops in values happen? In places with which have no fundamentals. People are not uh, putting roots in the ground in those areas. Now today, just like the mining boom, you know, back in that day, miners... Uh, were considered part of the population movement of places two places but they didn't take their families and so they were a quasi fake population movement and of course when we look at some of the mining downturns in the various cities which unfolded it came down to a layer of lack of families actually moving to those areas the population stats Suggested that the populations were doubling. And when you looked at the population stats and the vacancy rates, they were ridiculously low, like 0% vacancy rate. But what happened was people left as fast as they arrived. And over a five year period, the whole thing unraveled. When it comes to the digital nomad, one of the questions is well, yes, they're moving to some more regional places. Will they stay or will they go? And no different to the miner back then, the digital nomad, uh, is a questionable population statistic in my view because have they actually layered the full family into that community? Real estate is a game of community. The market that has the strongest communities has the best fundamentals. And this is why I think it's so important if we're buying today into the real estate market, we layer ourselves around great places, great community, and great fundamentals. And of course, today, if you are buying real estate, you can get deal growth because uh, today the marketplace is weaker than it was two years ago. But that's just the way it works. Two years ago, you were riding the bull. Now you're basically able to do better deals. You can do things like, uh, you know, negotiate on deadlines. You can negotiate with developers. You can find properties potentially temporarily, uh, you know, at a better price. You can, uh, you know, look for disgruntled property investors who don't like their assets. You can do all sorts of things out in the marketplace to find better real estate. But it's all going to come back to the fundamental that location, location, location is a saying for a purposeful reason. And the reason is it's layered with fundamentals. And in downturns, the marketplace supports the volatility. So I think you should use my Forex growth plan. The market growth part is just all about finding an equalizer We want pie, for example, population, infrastructure, economics, jobs. We just want this big engine supporting the layer we're in. And, of course, uh, when we look into the future, when we look into where we're going to invest, at the time we settle, is there actually going to be less stock and more people? It's a pretty easy fundamental to consider, right? Is there going to be less real estate? and more people, or is there going to be less people and more real estate? So when we looked at some of the great crashes of uh, of real estate, uh, you know, for example, uh, the Mooranbar crash, the people left. So there was less people and then all of a sudden more stock. Uh, again, going back to Melbourne's fundamentals, a lot of people left Melbourne because of the way COVID was handled within Victoria and moved to regional Victoria or uh, regional New South Wales or interstate. Uh, But fundamentals were there that that city just had the right stuff behind it. And, of course, with international migration now returning and borders open, things are starting to flourish, right? So I guarantee you in a lot of marketplaces – That are made with the right fundamentals. If you look into the future, there's actually going to be less stock delivered to those suburbs, but more people. And that usually tells us that there are good things ahead. And in the words of Abraham Lincoln, this too will pass. The same wind blows on us all, folks. The wind of change, the wind of prosperity, the wind of economic failure, the wind of economic opportunity, and of course, uh, right now, the wind of interest rates will pass. It is designed to work that way, and the more you buy into the fear that everything is going to fail, uh, the more your property you're probably going to fail at this thing called economics. So, uh, you know, at the end of the day, Warren Buffett has that saying, show fear when others, uh, you know, show show uh, when, show greed and show, uh, you know, yeah. How do you say it again? Show fear when others show greed, show, yeah, you guys know the one. But I have a, uh, I guess, thing with that particular phrase is, Properties where those fundamentals seldomly drop exponentially in value, right? They just seldomly drop exponentially in value. So, you know, let's go to a suburb like, I don't know, uh, Mossman in Sydney. You know, if a $10 million house, dollar house was a $5 million house, do you think people would want to buy that? Absolutely they would, right? It would be a bargain, but you never see those type of bargains in marketplaces which are fundamentally laid. You see the $10 million house go for 9.5, and then all of a sudden in the marketplace, in the headlines, it's like Sydney loses 5%. So what? Next auction, it could go back up 5%. That's just the way it works, right? I just remembered it. Show fear when others show greed and show oh, – I can't remember it. God, I've got podcast block. I need Bubba Vanga. Where's Bubba when I need – when we, when I need Bubba, where are you? Uh, we need to all study the work of Bubba Vanga. That's – she's, to me, the new oracle. Um, I'm not listening to government anymore. I'm not listening to the Reserve Bank. I'm listening to Bubba and Fundamentals. That's what it's come down to. Uh, So, yeah, I think like all these things pass. I've been through them all, bloody floods. I've been through uh, APRA. I've been through interest rate drops. I've been through interest rate rises. I've been through spectacular market crashes. It all just just ends and then it happens again. And so I think, um, you know, one of the best things about this current market is – You do not need to be challenged by FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. You can make good decisions. Real estate is time bound. And a lot of people, because of FOMO, bought some pretty ordinary properties. Like they were like pressured to to jump in. And I think one of the best things about a more stable market is we can all just make more measured decisions into the fundamentals. We don't have to buy into the bullshit. And uh, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. I don't know. There's going to be some regional marketplace that just gets smashed. I don't know which one. It's like, uh, you know, it's like musical chairs. I don't know which one's going to go. Uh, But certainly one of them is just going to get poleaxed because it won't have the full fundamentals and i'll come back and i'll give you some hot picks when it comes to regional real estate obviously some of it is very very good and uh certainly some of the feeder cities that tend to be close to places like major urban areas do great and there's nothing wrong with investing new geelongs and so forth so uh you know i think we all have to realize like failure to invest in a capitalist country is not going to work out Like, it's just not going to work out. So you've got to get involved. Um, Other fundamentals I love using, make sure you invest in owner-occupier properties, like where people want to live, uh, what is appealing to people, uh, where someone into the future goes, you know, I really love this suburb, I really love this street, and this property is for me. Like, that just makes so much logic to me. So again, like in a downturn, it's all coming down to real estate is more niche than potentially people even consider. So uh, I think we've all got to realize that, uh, you know, sometimes when it comes to property cycles, people who make the most actually buy in the tough times if we look at the last cycle, the people who made the most property in the last, like people who made the most profit in the last property cycle bought when APRA was telling people they shouldn't buy. They bought in 2017. They not only got the pick of the bunch because they were literally doing something against the grain. They got the best locations, the best assets, And when the market kicked off three years later, they got the best capital growth. So don't underestimate like cycles when it comes to peaks and troughs inside Australian real estate change monthly. And as soon as things move again, you want to be in a position where you've got the good strong assets to carry the upswing. And that is how real estate generally works. Remember, real estate has pricing power. And today, a lot of things are losing pricing power, but real estate is not necessarily one of them. Reason real estate has pricing power is it is shelter. It is a need-based asset. If you look at the pricing power of Australian real estate, it is going up from a rental return point of view. So it is skyrocketing in many places. I've read reports of rents literally doubling in some suburbs, going from $700 to $1,500 a week. Wow. Pricing power. Real estate carries pricing power. Today, the pricing power of real estate can be found in particular in the rents. There is a shortage of real estate out there. The rents are moving. And there's an old saying in real estate, growth follows yields. So when the yield moves and the real estate market is, you know, not going, eventually it's like a slingshot and will catch up. So right now we are in a place where pricing power is pushing the rental market. There are so many things that don't have pricing power. So you think of a family budget, you know, they got a thousand dollars a week, 500 it goes to the mortgage. they got $500 less left. Uh, now the mortgage moves. So now $600 of that $1,000 goes to the mortgage. There's $400 left to spend. Where does it go? Uh, see, real estate doesn't lose its pricing power. It's still being paid for. The $400 doesn't go into the rest of the economy. And that's the interesting dynamic. Who loses? Is it the gourmet chef, the restaurant where, uh, you know, you go for an experience? Is it the movie cinema? What's going to lose pricing power? Real estate doesn't lose pricing power. Petrol doesn't lose pricing power. You've got to put petrol in the car to go somewhere. It doesn't lose pricing power. Food doesn't lose pricing power. Coles and Woolworths are not going to lose pricing power. People are still going to shop at Coles and Woolworths. Need, need base assets. So uh, don't be fearful. Uh, you know, get out there, do some shopping, but think about fundamentals. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Urban Property Investor. Thanks oh. for tuning in to the Urban Property Investor. To never miss an episode, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favourite app or on YouTube. And I would love it if you could give the show a rating and share it with your friends and family. In between episodes, you can always keep in touch with me by connecting on social media over Facebook, Instagram or LinkedIn. Until we meet again on the next episode of the Urban Property Investor, take care and bye for now.